When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Kelly Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for some midweek news and notes as we head into the week one matchup. I can't believe it. Finally, the regular season is here. Jets and the Carolina Panthers in Carolina against the Jets' old friend Sam Darnold. And so to break everything down is our friend, the co-founder at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, what's up, buddy? Not too much, man. Just ready for uh, some football action finally. It's been uh, the longest offseason I think I've ever witnessed. And uh, this ready to put the Sam Darnold talk to bed, hopefully, um, you know, after this game. And hopefully it results in a, a Jets win. So just ready to uh, finally see this team actually on the field in games that matter. I'm ready to watch football. You're ready to watch football. Jamison Crowder <laughs> says he's ready to play football, but whether or not he's actually allowed is a different story. We know that he tested positive for COVID-19. He is vaccinated, so all that's required is that he has to have two negative COVID tests within 24 hours of each other. The team is optimistic that he'll be able to play on Sunday. He is optimistic that he'll be able to play. He hasn't been practicing, though, so I have to wonder, even if he does play, how much that enters into the equation as far as the usage on Sunday, because if he hasn't been able to practice, maybe they're a little worried about having their brand new rookie quarterback go to him a lot. Nick, what are you hearing on this? Do you think he's going to be able to play? And if he does, do you think that the amount of targets and the amount of usage is going to be impacted by the fact that he's missed all these practices? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it, it will. I mean, he's running out of time, right? You know, it's Thursday, Friday, the last two days of practice. And then, uh, you know, I'm not sure if he's tested negative yet or not. So we'll, we'll find out hopefully tomorrow. Um, and, you know, if he practices, then, then that changes things. But, you know, it, it seems like he was being fa- not phased out, but, you know, not as integral of a part of the offense as he was in an Adam Gase system. So um, it seems like it'll be a Corey Davis, and uh, Elijah Moore show anyway. And, you know, he's the third option at this point. So um, it's a good problem to have. You know, if this was past years and you didn't have Crowder, then, you know, the, the core was – pretty awful um so it's nice to at least have some real 
depth and, you know, quality playmakers that you don't have to, you know, live and die with Jamison Crowder. The Jets hopefully won't have to live and die with Jamison Crowder as they have in the last couple of years when he was their most reliable target. And part of the reason why is because they added weapons on offense, most notably Corey Davis, who was named one of the offensive captains, as was rookie quarterback Zach Wilson on defense, Foley Fadakasi, who's actually one of the longest tenured veterans on this team, which is crazy because he hasn't been here that long. CJ Mosley, the other defensive captain, and then Justin Hardy, the captain on special teams. Not really a surprise there because Hardy is a longtime veteran and he's got such a reputation as an excellent special teamer. So let's talk about this a little bit, Nick. Corey Davis, his first year here, a captain. Zach Wilson, everybody made that big deal about the fact that he wasn't named the captain right off the bat at BYU last year. Of course, as we dug into the story, what we found out is that he wasn't named the captain initially because they did it before the season, and Wilson had to earn the starting job because of the fact that he had been playing hurt the year before, wasn't guaranteed the starting job. Once he got the starting job, all the players rallied around him and told the coaches to put the C on him, so they did, and now he gets the C in his rookie year here with the Jets. Mosley, not a big surprise considering that he's a multi-time pro bowler, and even though he hasn't played that many games here for the Jets, a big leader on the defense. Fadakasi, also not a big surprise with the tenure, and we talked about Justin Hardy as well. One thing that did kind of surprise me, though, was that Marcus May was not voted as one of the captains. I wonder if that says anything here. I don't like to put too much into this captain stuff because I don't think it really matters. But what do you think here? Does Marcus May not being named the captain mean anything to you on top of everything that I just mentioned? Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. And, you know, he's been a captain, I think, the past few years. And he's he is the longest tenure Jet. So um, maybe it's just the fact that it's a completely new team and, you know, May doesn't have the, I don't want to say he doesn't have the support, but, you know, a lot of the guys who he came up with and have, are, have played with, you know, are not in the building, you know, so it's a new group of guys and May wasn't around for, you know, half the off season. And uh, obviously with the contract issues, maybe they just felt it was kind of better off giving it to. So, well, I guess because Mosley was too. I mean, it's just something that probably we make a bigger deal of than, than the team and, you know, everybody else, but um, it's definitely interesting. Similar with Tua in Miami, with all of the offseason rumors going around, not being named captain definitely makes you, you know, think twice about what's going on. So, um, but as for, for Wilson, it's just great to see that he's got the respect of, you know, the guys around the team. And it is a younger team. So it's not like he's coming into a team of veterans and these guys are you know, saying he's a leader already, but it is good to know that it is his team, you know, so he's going to be, you know, he's going to, you know, shine with the success. He's going to take his lumps with the failure and, um, you know, it's going to be going to be on him um, and the Jets organization and coaching staff has to do their best to, you know, not completely put it all on him and just, you know, help him out where they can. Um, but it's, it, it is nice to see that he's got the respect of the locker room and the coaching staff to, you know, all the kind words that they say about him. But, you know, I, I think with, you know, if your cap, if your quarterback isn't your captain, I think there's a problem, <laughs> you know, unless you're the, the Patriots. I think there's 32, 30 of the 32 teams have their quarterbacks, their captains, and the only two aren't the, uh, the Pats and the Dolphins. The Dolphin one would definitely worry me. Um, but the Patriot one, I think it's just a very, you know, I wouldn't think Belichick would just give, you know, allow a, 
Mac Jones to be a captain in his rookie year. This doesn't seem very Belichickian, but um, it's just good to to know and to hear, you know, some of the guys like Corey Davis speak, you know, highly of Zach Wilson, and, and it puts to bed any of those pre-drafts, you know, smears of you know players not liking Zach Wilson, and he's not exactly le- leadership qualities and um, all that nonsense that we dealt with during that pre-draft smear campaign. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Zach Wilson, not the only rookie that the Jets are going to be counting on heavily in 2021. Hamza Nasraldine and Jamie Sherwood, both named starters by Robert Sala. In the linebacking core, the other starter will be C.J. Mosley. That's with the inside linebackers, of course, not the edge rushers. Not surprised by this. It seemed like this is where Salah was going the entire time. Should note that C.J. Mosley will be the one running the huddle. Sherwood will be the Mike linebacker. And obviously, this isn't set in stone for the entire season because if Dean and or Sherwood struggle... You've got Jared Davis coming back at some point. You've got Blake Cashman lurking around. So it's possible somebody else could jump in there. But two late round picks for the Jets are going to be given the keys to the kingdom right away. Going to be an interesting situation to watch because you would imagine that a lot of teams are going to look to pick on those guys. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's a uh, baptism by fire, right? Like, So it seems like it's funny because we talked about all off season, the corners and, you know, being so young and maybe they'll sign somebody in the summer. Or they want to see these guys compete. Well, we probably should have taken Salah's word more seriously because he was obviously he was telling the truth. Like he wants these young guys to develop and, you know, it's, it's, it's good and it's good and it's not, I mean, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to lose a game, you know, because, of inexperience or, you know, late round corners making mistakes, you know, in today's passing game um, that we live in, but it's nice, you know, maybe you do come out of it with a start, a long-term starter, you know, maybe one of these, you know, two linebackers do turn into a cornerstone guy, you know, so they're going to have their chances. And like you said, it doesn't mean it's going to be like that in week 14, you know, you, like you said, Jared Davis, Blake Cashman, um, they had uh, Ruben Foster in just to update their like emergency list. So maybe he was somebody that they would bring in, you know, midway through um, after week two and the veteran contracts aren't guaranteed for the whole season. You know, you might see a signing there, um, but they're going to get their shot at least in week one, probably going forward week two, two and three. Um, so we'll see. And it'll be fun. I mean, it's going to be a fun and competitive season. Um, limit your, expectations I would say and just you know enjoy a a competitive team that's going to be well coached 
Um, they're going to be fast. They're going to be aggressive. And, you know, just by what Salah and Ulbricht says, like they want these guys to come in and hit you hard and, you know, make you remember, you know, who they are. And, um, but there'll be, there'll be some mistakes and there'll be some, you know, you even saw Sherwood in, in uh, the preseason game against the Packers. He knew where he, he wanted to go. You know, he could tell he studies, he works hard, you know, he, he watches the film. Um, there were just some plays he was just out of position or he just didn't finish the play. He was just out of position um, and just couldn't finish the play or make make the tackle. So um, there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way. But, you know, they both had solid summers. You saw uh, them. they both, you know, were part of a turnover in, in the first preseason game. Um, so, you know, they're going to they're going to get their shot and it's going to be, you know, a roller coaster ride. But it's it's a good Good thing to have a guy like CJ Mosley there to uh, kind of steer the ship when things get bumpy and um, a really good, solid veteran uh, presence. And, you know, hopefully they get uh, Jared Davis back sooner than later. Robert Sala naming his starters at the inside linebacker spots, but still keeping people in suspense when it comes to the right tackle spot and the cornerback <laughs> position. He said that he has players that he's leaning towards, but hasn't made a final decision. Nick, I'm going to go ahead and guess that Morgan Moses is going to be the starting right tackle and a corner. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Javelin Guidry in the slot, Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles on the outside. I'm just basing this on what happened at training camp and the preseason and who got which reps with which teams it seems like that's the logical conclusion that somebody would draw what do you think same thing yeah I, I think so um I, I mean I definitely think it's it's Morgan Moses I don't quite see the competitive advantage in not naming a starter especially a right tackle I mean maybe maybe the corners position especially if they do something out of the ordinary and play a guy like Gidry on the outside and have Michael Carter too, you know, in the slot, um, you know, maybe there's some com- competitive advantage there, but you're going to get a fast receiving core. Obviously we know Robbie Anderson is fast at straight track speed um, and, and Pidry is fast. So maybe they do something like that. Maybe he, you know, they do, they do something more situational, you know, where Gidry is running with Robbie Anderson. So um, <clears throat> they're they're I think they're all going to play, you know, Pinnock, Pinnock, uh, Eccles done. Um, then it's going to be a week to week situation. So, uh, but they're young and experienced. We all know it. We've talked about it for like six months now, but, um, another, another situation where it seems like they're just going to ride out these young guys and hope to find potential long-term starters out of them. Nick, I want to talk about Zach Wilson a little bit more. I know we definitely don't talk enough about Zach Wilson on this podcast, <laughs> but I thought it was interesting what he had to say when asked by the media about Tony Romo's comments. He said he was flattered by Tony Romo's comments and they were nice, but Romo can't tell the future. He, Wilson, is just trying to take it day by day. This, of course, after Corey Davis said that the team believes in Zach Wilson and they think that he is ready to lead on day one. I guess it's easy for a young kid to let comments like that go to his head. And it's very possible that behind the scenes, 
maybe he's fueling himself more than he's letting on in these press conferences. But just based on his body language and the way that he's speaking, it seems like he's taking it all in stride. It's sort of new for him being such a rock star outside of that BYU ecosystem. So I do like the way that he's handling himself at the moment. Should point out, too, that even though Zach Wilson was more diplomatic about it, he could have said what I'm about to say, which is, hey, Tony, you said Sam Darnold was going to be a superstar, top five <laughs> quarterback, and that didn't happen. So maybe we should take it day by day, as Zach Wilson said, and not get our hopes up too high. But I did like what Romo had to say. Who wouldn't if you're a Jets fan? You want to hear people saying nice things about the quarterback. And I do like the fact that Zach Wilson seems to not be allowing it to get into his head and blow up his ego this early. Yeah, I mean, most of these guys, if not all of them, are going to say the right thing, especially on a uh, relaxed atmosphere. It's not like it's coming after a tough loss or, you know, a, a highly emotional moment where maybe some true colors or, you know, you might get a, a glitch in the matrix a little bit. But, you know, in these controlled situations like a press conference that, you know, you kind of are prepared for, um, these guys are, are so well coached in terms of how to deal with the media that, he, he knows what to say and how to say it. I'm sure he expected that Romo thing to come up. He saw it, obviously. Um, but, you know, to, to, to echo your point earlier, he's not a guy that was this, you know, all-star, highly recruited, you know, profit quarterback as a, as a young kid, you know, even like a Trevor Lawrence or even Justin Fields, even like a Sam Darnold who was, you know, a guy at USC. He, he just kind of came onto the scene about two years ago, you know, just won the starting job at BYU. Wasn't this crazy, highly recruited kid. Wasn't, you know, chased after by agents and these colleges. So it, it is new to him in a, in a sense of, you know, being the guy, you know, he obviously he was last year at BYU, but he's, he doesn't exactly have a, um, you know, this, this like, like, uh, massive amount of like people following fanfare um, people just obsessed with him since he was a freshman or even a high school recruit. So, you know, dealing with uh, you know, coming into the NFL and dealing with New York media, obviously is a big, <laughs> it's a big jump. Um, but he, he knows, you know, he knows how to talk to the media. He's well-trained, you know, these CAA guys, they, they, they put you through courses of how to deal with questions like that. And, um, he says all the right things. And um, even just some of the things he said about the Darnold quotes were, were just, you know, on point. So, you know, he's a smart kid. He's sharp. He's prepared, not just football wise, but also how to, to speak to. So I'm, I'm not surprised he handled it well. Makai Becton is going to be cleared from concussion protocol later today. Salah says he's ready to go. So it appears that the Jets second year left tackle will play against the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, thank God. <laughs> you know, they, they couldn't <laughs> send out. I mean, who even is there? Like, I think what Chuma Adoga, who didn't, who hasn't even practiced since like early July or late July. I mean, I don't even know if he's been on on the practice field. I know he hasn't played any preseason games, and he's been kind of in the trainers, you know, all summer. Or maybe it would be George Fant at left tackle. Um, but this team needs Beckton. You know, Beckton needs to prove himself that he can stay on the field. I know it's a concussion, so it's a freak thing, but you just you don't want to be in your second year and be noted as a guy who you can't be trusted to stay on the field and play 17 games now 
Um, so it's a big year, not only on the field for Becton in terms of solidifying himself as one of the game's best, but, you know, he's got to prove that he can stay healthy and, and be, be counted on. And, um, and let's be honest, that, that, that left side of the offensive line is a spot that everybody's going to be watching all year because it's the most promising, you know, one of the most promising uh, parts of this football team. So it, it would be a big bummer not only for the, the team as a whole, um, losing a, you know, not having your star left tackle and, you know, your rookie, your rookie quarterback's first game, but, you know, also for a fan base that's, you know, let's be honest, starving for any kind of talent and, you know, superstar player. Um, to not have Becht in week one would have been a disappointment. But um, I think, you know, Salah said for the past few days, he, he was, he's, just, you know, good to go or will be good to go. Um, so it's good to know he'll be, he'll be cleared and ready to, to roll, even get in a day or two of practice. Well, Michael P. Ryan, day to day, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen for Sunday. It appears as of this moment that he's probably about 50-50 to play. In a somewhat related note, Josh Adams promoted from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. Honestly, I think Adams is the better running back anyway, so if P. Ryan can't go, <laughs> hopefully Adams gets some touches. It's funny because you don't want to put too much stock into meaningless games from last year, and you don't want to put too much stock into preseason games this year, but every time the Jets have given Josh Adams the ball, he has converted positive yardage. He also was the Eagles' leading rusher a couple of years ago, so I think it's nice that he's on the roster. I hope he gets a look, and we'll see what happens with Pirine here if he gets to play on Sunday. Yeah, the fact that they brought Adams up early in the week um, leads you to believe that Pirine is either not going to play or will be extremely limited and they're going to be spreading the ball around. I mean, why else would you need a fourth running back on the active roster if Pirine was at least, you know, maybe going to play limited or at least a week away? Um, so that was interesting. Maybe they maybe they heard a team was going to come and steal him. Maybe the Ravens were going to come and take him off their practice squad and they wanted to, you know, protect him. I, I don't know, um, but my thought would be that P. Ryan is probably not going to play and they wanted to at least have somebody more of that short yardage. I think P. Ryan was going to be that bruising back anyway. Um, and that's a role that Adams would come in and, and fit. Um, so my, my guess would be that he's not going to, not going to play. Uh, but then you have to worry about when you waive him, if there was a team that was interested <clears throat> and you're trying to get him back on the practice squad, um, would, would someone claim him if he, you know, has a good, good game or not. But you know, I guess they figure, they waived them and no one picked them up, uh, you know, a cut down day. They could probably play roster gymnastics with him all year and just elevate him when they need, you know, need him on a, in a certain game plan or if they have an injury. Um, but I mean, they have Tevin Coleman, uh, Ty Johnson, Michael Carter. So it's not like you're, you're not even talking about your third back. You know, you're talking about a guy who might, if, if he is even dressed for the game, um, wouldn't be too, you know, too highly counted on. Um, but like you said, I, I think, you know, Adam showed a lot in preseason when he played for the Jets. He had a few nice runs last year when he played late in the season. Um, but I don't think it's, you know, we're not talking about like Jerome Bettis here or anything. Jets called up Josh Adams from the practice squad. But Nick, the Baltimore Ravens, if they ever need to call a running back up from the practice squad, 
They've got a guy there that two years ago was one of the biggest free agent signings in the league and at one point looked like he was a surefire bet for the Hall of Fame. Le'Veon Bell, I can't believe how fast this guy has fallen. He went from multiple-time All-Pro in Pittsburgh and arguably the best running back in the league to now just barely hanging on to a spot in the NFL on the practice squad for the Baltimore Ravens. It just shows you once again, if you're a running back, Get that money as soon as you can because as soon as uh-huh. your stock goes cold, your stock goes cold, and that's it. These guys get old really fast, and that's really what happened with Le'Veon Bell. Sad to see, but this is where he's at right now. Yeah, and it shows you the grass isn't always greener, right? You know, mm-hmm. So he you know, wanted out of Pittsburgh or had so many issues with Pittsburgh and how they do things in the worst way um, and you know, made the decision to sit out. Um, and then look what happens. He ends up not that he, you know, he lands in Kansas city, couldn't go to a better spot. And then now Baltimore. Um, but that, that two year, year and a half with the jets and the Adam Gase experience, I can't believe we still have to talk about this, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, leaving a situation like he had in Pittsburgh, man, who, who knows? He probably would have been a hall of famer to be honest with you, if he stayed there and, finished out, you know, maybe played another four or five years there, maybe won a Super Bowl or a rushing title or, you know, just kept at the pace he was on track for. He was one of the best running backs really in history with his, you know, statistics going, you know, all purpose yards and receptions. And, you know, he was on track to be at least in the conversation. Right. You know, and then whatever happened there happened and, you know, then he forced his way out of there and sat out and, ended up with the Jets because there wasn't that big of a, a market as he thought there was going to be. And then the the situation where he gets, you know, wait or asked for his release by the Jets, they grant it to him, uh, ends up in, in Kansas City and couldn't even really crack the backfield that wasn't too loaded with talent. You know, you had a first round pick in Edward Dallaire, but, you know, he wasn't really setting the world on fire. And then you had like the Williams and, um, you know, when you first heard, he was going to go to Kansas city. You're like, Oh wow, this could be great. You know, you might get the Le'Veon Bell of old back, but I just don't think you're ever going to see that. Um, at this point, he's just got to prove that he's an NFL quality running back. And he, you know, his, the odds are stacked against him. Honestly, you know, he's going to have to prove, you know, the Baltimore that he is, he barely got any looks this off season, you know, didn't, wasn't on a roster, didn't have a training camp. Um, the workout went well enough that they, you know, at least thought that they can get something out of him. You know, maybe they'll, kind of uh, grind him out in the next week or two and bring him up. Um, but honestly, if he's, if he doesn't play a snap in the NFL again, I don't think anybody would be truly surprised. So it is, it is crazy how, what was a promising career, uh, a guy who was one of, if not the best back all purpose backs in the league, you know, just three, four years ago is now fighting for his, you know, NFL life. Nick Spano, co-founder of U-Stadium. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, appreciate it. Glad we were able to talk through the midweek news. For everybody that wants to make sure that they get every single little bit of information right up to the second. So as soon as something breaks, whatever it is going on around the league or with the Jets, you want to be dialed in. And I believe, Nick, there's only one way that people can accomplish that, and that is to download the app. Yes, sir. Download the app. Turn the the notifications on follow the Instagram, the Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel, all at you stadium, all that fun stuff. And you know, you'll be, you'll be in the know.
And everybody wants to be in the know, or they should want to be in the know. So make sure that you download <laughs> the U Stadium app. Also follow Nick and Frank on Twitter at U Stadium, and check out everything that we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Luke Grant has been putting up some phenomenal videos. We're this close to a thousand YouTube subscribers now, so please go ahead and subscribe. You'll get all of Luke's breakdowns. You'll get Kayla Pace's commentaries, Pace's playbook. Plus, you get plenty more of Luke throughout the week. Nick, you know this because it's a U Stadium joint venture. Play like a jet live with U Stadium Wednesday nights. Luke Grant, Clayton Smarslock. Make sure that you're there every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. You're not going to want to miss it, especially throughout the season. We're going to have pre- and post-game shows as well with those guys going live on video. So check that out. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money. So it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. Let's play like a Jet Digital and play like a Jet.com. <laughs>